Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in or casting in or tossing your pods, whatever it may be. Uh, This is the That's How I Roll podcast, and I am your host, Jeremiah Isley. Thanks for joining us today. Today is episode, I believe today is episode 27 of That's How I Roll, and it is almost December. It is uh, November 30th of 2016. So I know it's been a little sparse lately. I know I'm trying my best to get these out on a more frequent and consistent basis. But uh, anyway, I apologize for the lack of frequency. Things have been busy in life lately. And that actually brings me up to what I want to talk about today. Welcome to the corner of thought and conversation. Which way will you turn? Why not hang a right and join in on the conversation by tweeting at Theology of Games or sending an email to theologyofgames at gmail.com. So today's uh, topic for thought and conversation is actually nothing to do with games. We'll talk a little bit about gaming later on. But I wanted to talk about something that I think the gaming community can really get behind and actually really um, support or understand. Uh, And that is, um, the, the topic today is, take your kids to the theater. Now, you may be thinking I'm saying, take your kids to the movie theater because Rogue One is coming out soon and you wanna go see that awesome new Star Wars movie which I'm all for, trust me. Um, that is one of those big highlights coming up of this of this time of year. There's, there's so many Star Wars movies coming out soon. I, I can't believe it. But what I'm actually talking about is live theater. And here's, here's why I even started thinking about this recently. Um, as you know, if you've listened, I, I do a lot of work in the theater and... Um, there's there's two places I guess I work work the most. One is it's called Magical Theater. It's down it's in Barberton, Ohio. It's a professional children's theater. Um, they do professional live theater that is geared for younger audiences. Now um, that doesn't mean you're talking like Barney or Dora the Explorer or cheesy like shoot me now if I have to watch this again type theater. Uh, It is very well produced theater. It's very good stuff. Very, very talented people that work there. And um, it's an honor to be a part of what's going on there. And I I love working there. Another production uh, that I'm very involved with and have been for a very long time is um, it's the Ballet Theater of Ohio, and they do a production of The Nutcracker every year. Now, if you follow us on Twitter, at Theology of Games and at Board Games Daily, you might have seen that I, I tweeted a link out from there about what keeps me busy this time of year. And this is really why uh, over the last two or three weeks, I, I haven't really posted much. 
Um, you know, Scott's kind of picking up the slack for me there, and I really haven't done much in the way of podcasting and that sort of thing. Um, and that's because I've been involved with their production of The Nutcracker for this is now 24 years. Um, that's almost a quarter of a century. Now, it hit me yesterday, and I, let me let me set set the stage here a little bit for you. Yesterday, we did a school show, and I, I play two roles in the show. I'm, I'm in, in the beginning scene, which is the party scene where the, the girl gets the nutcracker, and it's magical, and it's great, and it kind of spins the whole story into action. And then I play the Mouse King, who is the lead villain of the piece, and the, he comes out, and I, I fight with the, the nutcracker who's come to life, and there's this battle that goes on, and... I kill the Nutcracker, then I get killed, but the Nutcracker comes back to life magically, which is totally unfair, but I've learned to deal with that over the last few years. So yesterday, Tuesday morning, we do a school show. Now, we all have this love-hate relationship with the school show because the school show is early. To perform in a ballet at 9.45 in the morning is torture it's murder it's the worst but it's also the best we bus in hundreds if not thousands it's almost a full house there's easily close to 2,000 students in this room and they're all in elementary age they're all from uh you know a lot of inner city schools a lot of schools that don't get to do a lot with the arts necessarily and for a lot of these students, this is their first, not just um, not just exposure to the ballet, but to live theater in general. And they love it. They go crazy. It is the coolest show because it is the audience that we know is dialed in. They are laughing, they're clapping, they're cheering, they're booing. They are so appropriate in their response, in their vocal response to what's going on on stage. It is completely enjoyable. And it hit me yesterday as we were kind of getting ready for the show and the show was going on. And at times I was backstage or I was coming off stage. It hit me. I was telling some of the younger cast members who haven't been even alive for 24 years Back when we started doing this 24 years ago, many audiences responded the way they do. They may not have been as boisterous or as, as loud, but they responded and they they were dialed in and they clapped and they laughed. And it was it was this interaction and this energy that you got from the house while you were on stage. And it was glorious. It was amazing. But over the years, that's tapered off. That has kind of become the exception, not the rule. We have to we have to bring these kids in to kind of get that audience reaction again. And so, listen, I'm I'm the first to say I love technology. I love the fact that I can sit in a corner somewhere in the middle of nowhere with my phone and still watch. Um, a sports game or the latest episodes of a TV show that I really like or whatever it could be. There's 
our our venue and our um, our access to entertainment has grown. It's wildly more accessible to us. But there is something that you lose with all of that. I don't know. I, I see so many people watching comedies on their phone or their iPad or even even in their own living room, and they don't laugh. They're, they're amused by it, but there's there's no laughter. There's no joy. There's nothing shared there. Um, so I say this. I say take your kids to the theater, not because you need to teach them how to react to culture and the arts and live performance, but maybe they could teach us a little bit about that. I think we've become so tied up in, in being well-behaved and sit still and don't do this and don't do that. No, go to the theater, laugh, clap, cheer, enjoy it. That's what it's about. The, trust me, trust me on this. The cast members, the people on stage, the people working backstage, they love it. They don't want you to sit quietly and watch a show. They want you to voice your your emotion and your enjoyment and your 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 hate for the villain or whatever it is. They love it. Sitting still and quiet, great at a movie theater. At live theater, enjoy the show. Enjoy it and be vocal about it. Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames. Okay. I think I feel a little bit better now. Um, I really want to hear what you guys have to say about that. When is the last time anybody went to see a live show? I'm telling you, it's not hard to do. Now, I know there are some parts of the country where you can't, you don't have access. There's not a lot of quality shows or even even live theater at all. Even if they're not great, go support them because they're trying. Go support them. Go see their shows because they're trying and they're trying to keep something alive that I feel is so, so vital to our culture, to our society, to us as human beings. Um, go support that. And if you do live in a bigger city, it's easy to get to a theater. It's easy to get to a show. There, it's it's everywhere. Theater is not dead, so go see it. Whoa! Hey, everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. So I wanted to do today, I wanted to do a drive-by review of the game Royals. Royals came out this year at, uh, it was an Origins release, so I was able to grab a copy of it there, which was super awesome. Thanks to Arcane Wonders for for handing me one while I was there um, this past summer. And I have to tell you, I'm gonna give you just a brief overview of the gameplay, but I think I think you'll kind of recognize some of the gameplay, and I'm I hate I hate it when people do this, but I do it a lot myself. But I'm gonna kind of say think of this game plus a little more, and you've got Royals, and that is think of Ticket to Ride, but better, and you've got Royals. Now, some of you just shrieked in terror when I said. There's a game that's like Ticket to Ride, but better. 
I understand Ticket to Ride has a very wild following. People love it, and it's got expansions galore, etc., etc. I get it. I get it. I really do. I'm a fan of Ticket to Ride. I enjoy it. It's a fun game. Royals is better. Here, let, let me let me go into the into the in the description of it, okay? So Royals is very much like like Ticket to Ride. There's cards out. You collect them. They're different colors. Uh, you can take them from the deck. And then you use those cards to gain control of a noble in a certain area. So it's like continents, like, like or, or countries. Like there's, you know, a part of Europe or the UK, uh, Germany, France. Um, so there's, there's four different areas that you can grab. And there's different nobles in those areas. And you use those cards to influence them. And when you influence them, you get points. And we'll go through that a little bit here. So there's, you, you gain influence right away. So that kind of, and then at the end of a round, whoever's controlling the most of France gets a certain amount of points. And whoever controls the second most influence in France gets another amount of points. And you do that for each of the countries that you're, you're checking out there. Spain's the fourth one. I know I didn't mention it earlier, but I just remembered it's Spain. So once you go through three rounds, um, Whoever has the most points win. But the cool thing is, is that if somebody has control, like say, oh, I wanted to, I wanted to control the king and get some points for that, and but somebody's already there, you can also draw instead of just the regular influence cards, you can draw intrigue cards, which allow you to like kick somebody out of where they have that influence. So, oh, you're influencing the queen? Well, guess what? Now I'm influencing the queen and I'll get those that influence and score those points at the end of the round. The only thing that is bad about that is if you're not the first person to influence in a certain city, you don't get points. There's, there's a, a chip, that a token that gives you points for being the first person in there. But you can still come back and kind of shift and tilt the power because you're kicking people out of their power, their places of um, their places of influence. So it's it's not like Ticket to Ride in that once somebody claims a route, you're done, you're locked out, you your game's totally hosed, and forget it. You've got to go try to get a different route, and hopefully you'll be able to connect that. This there's a way to kind of always be trying to gain control. Of, of the certain regions. So it's set collection and it's area control and it's just really fun. Um, it plays up to uh, up to five players and really the more the merrier because there's just more people trying, you know, the board doesn't necessarily expand when there's more players. So it, um, it really makes it easy, uh, interesting to have everybody kind of vying for these positions and this influence and and nobody just kind of sneaking off doing their own thing and blowing everybody out. Um, I, I totally recommend this game. We haven't done our gift guide yet this year, but this will be on the gift guide because it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it, it feels, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't necessarily like using comparisons like this, but it's great because it does feel familiar it does feel, you know, like this great old game that everybody's played for a really long time, but it, it, it also at the same time feels completely fresh. 
and it feels um, just really, really comfortable to sit down and play this game. So it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of time. The learning curve is super easy. It's not a difficult game to play, but because of the interaction aspect of it, and because you know, you, oh, you're going after France. Well, I'm going after France too. And so people are kind of trying to cutthroat each other and backdoor each other and kind of get around and where can I get influence and that sort of thing. Um, it's really, really great. And at the end of the game, every time you take control of a noble during the game, there's also a set of noble um, cards basically at the top of the board that you also put a marker on. So if you control the most kings at the end of the game, you get extra points or the most marshals or dukes or you know whatever. Um, so there's also this aspect of kind of playing for that long run end game kind of thing. So um, like I said, super fun game. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I... I can't recommend it enough. It 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 probably uh, aside from playing with family or, or younger kids who really like Ticket to Ride because it's trains and you want to play with the trains. It for me has replaced Ticket to Ride. There, I said it. It's replaced Ticket to Ride for me. So um, that is Royals from Arcane Wonders. Plays uh, like I said, up to five players. And it's about a 45-minute game, maybe a little longer, but outstanding game. Really, really good release from Arcane Wonders. Okay, well, that is going to wrap up this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I know I haven't been super faithful in getting episodes out. I promise you things are getting better and, and we will get them back. Um, I love doing this. I love hearing from you guys. So... Please sound off on anything that we talked about today, whether it was taking your kids to see live theater and the abomination of technology and entertainment or, uh, or the Royals. Have you played the Royals? Do you think I'm totally wacky for saying it's replacing Ticket to Ride for me? Or do you think I'm right on with that? Or somewhere in between. I'd love to hear your feedback and your comments on all of those uh, topics. And again, thanks so much for listening and joining us on this conversation about the games we play and the lives we live. Hey guys, I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and drive safe.